Hey guys, just a quick heads up that this is the interview taken from the full The Gym Session podcast. So if you'd like to listen to the complete episode, you can find it on the Footy Live app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Buzzsprout. If you're enjoying the content, don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, and share. If you're not, try to do it anyway so I can keep my job. Uh, that's all from me. Enjoy the interview and do all that stuff I said before so I can get my job. Okay, today's guest is a Carlton cult hero who played with a passion and determination that saw him notch up 145 games with the Navy Blues and take home the best clubman and spirit of Carlton awards for his dedication to his team. Not only did his on-field brilliance win football fans over, his work off-field won him admirers around the country. With the Jim Stein's Community Leadership Award for his ambassador and volunteer work and the help he's provided through the organisations of Elephant & Co and the Business Fight Club, this man is truly respected, admired and greatly appreciated throughout the community. It is my great pleasure to welcome Mr. Dennis Armfield to the gym session. How are you, Dennis? Good, mate. Yeah, thanks for that intro. Um, yeah, my head swells a little bit bigger when I hear that. But um, no, nah, look, mate, I'm just an everyday person doing an everyday thing and pretty lucky that I could kick a footy and, and you know, help others out. And I think um, every single one of us does their little part will be a better place, that's for sure. No, you're doing a great job, mate. And from the outside, there's probably three main things I think that uh, you've been able to bring from your footy career to life post-footy. So your strong work ethic, uh, your love of helping others and your moustache. How often do Carlton supporters come up to you in the street and tell you how much they love you? Because you're you're a big, admired cult figure at the club. Um, Yeah, look, mate, it's it's a pretty... um... You know, you're sort of surreal moment when people come up to you and, you know, and I'm a long way washed up now, mate, you know, four years, I think, out of the game, 2017, what are we, 21 now? So, um, you know, to still get people recognise me, I think it's to do with probably the mo and the long hair at the moment. But, um, you know, it is a very um, humbling experience and, you know, something that I'll I'll never take for granted. Um, but, you know, like I say to yourself and all your listeners and everyone else out there, I'm just a regular bloke that come up and say good day is as long as you've got something nice to say I've got all the time in the world for you um, if you've got something constructive well I'll listen but then I'll probably walk away and tell you where to go so um now nah, look it's um look I'm very lucky for where I come from and and what I've done and um you know very grateful for the amount of supporters that I had along the way and um you know most of them blue baggers um yeah and uh, you know you don't forget where you come from that's for sure it looks like you transitioned well um, post footy and you've become successful in the business world. You're coaching as well. I think you're still playing uh, local footy for the Sharks. You're a father as well. Can you explain what life is like for you at the, at the moment? Yeah, look, I was transitioning really well and probably until COVID hit and that sort of hurt the business a little bit, um, maybe sort of pivot a little bit, but, you know, that's the joys of life. It's, you know, you've got to embrace change. Um, but yeah, life after footy, you know, my last – you know, a year or two, I was fortunate enough to realize how important um, connection and um, networking and all that is. And I was very lucky to meet some great people through, you know, Carlton Football Club and external as well. And to branch out into helping people in their their mental and physical well-being and um, Elephant & Co was something that was really great. And then, you know, COVID hit and businesses and small businesses sort of got, uh, yeah, hit pretty hard as as they still are to this day. So, fortunate enough through networks again that you know I've picked up a role now as the um, head of the sports academy at um, Heathmont College so you know being able to now pass my oh what's there anyway my knowledge onto these young kids that want to aspire to be you know 
top of their sports is, is something that's very exciting as well. And um, yeah, like you said, a little girl now, which is is something to I'm very very uh, proud of, but also learning on the on the go and lack of sleep is something that I uh, have soon gotten used to. Um, but you know, that's all I guess supported by a great wife as well, who um, allows me to pursue my passions and where I want to go and, um, and vice versa. So I think, you know, it's always good to have a great team around you. Mm. Hey, when did you actually start thinking about life post footy? Because I've spoken to a few past players who said they didn't really start to think about it that much till towards the end. And even then they weren't educated enough to know how to network the right way. Well, when did you start? Because you've always been, I think you were voted one of the smartest people at the club. You had a business mind. You were always thinking about the future. Was it early on or, or later on in, in your career? Um, for me, it was probably, again, probably too late. Um, I was slightly earlier than most, you know, I was probably my last two or three years. Look, I was someone that um, wasn't blessed with these long contracts that go around these days. You know, I was probably year in, year out, you know, when you're under six foot and you're a little fella, you don't probably get these big contracts unless you're a superstar. And, um, yeah, I was sort of always on the edge, um, which I think I'm grateful for because it never let me get comfortable and I like being um, – uncomfortable I think that's always a good spot to put yourself in and um but yeah I was always someone that's you know through my community work always got to meet people was always networking always never with a agenda just to just to meet people you know I've made some lifelong friends that are networks now that are business people or sports people or you know entrepreneurs community workers you name it you know and I was always fortunate enough to have that mindset of, of trying to network and, you know, you sort of said they're doing it the right way. Well, I think if it comes from a place of, you know, of genuine, you're, um, you, you're doing it the right way. I think at the moment people view networking as what can I get out of you? Where sometimes it's like, what can I give you? And I think if we can have that mindset, um, and it might only be time, it might only be a conversation. It might not be experience or expertise, but, um, I was fortunate enough to start a little bit earlier than most, but I still think um, if I had my time again, mate, I would have went to as many things as possible um, from the day I walked into that Carlton Football Club because not because I'm desperate for a job or desperate for this or, um, you know, a new car from Hyundai. It's more about the the fact that it's just um, the world's a place where, yeah, the better, the bigger the team, the better the team you can have around you. I think the stronger position you're in, and um, yeah, I'm very lucky that I've got some great people around me, um, mentors, and a wife, I guess, and um, family and friends that you know push me, but also put their arms around me when I need it. Well, you said you you would have liked to start earlier. Would you have liked to start thinking about footy earlier? Because you thought about it pretty late. You were born in Canberra. You moved to WA when you were about six, I think, and you play rugby union. It's incredible. At 17, you started playing footy and you make the AFL. How, how, how did that come about? Yeah, look, um, I'm pretty lucky that I've probably got a pretty, I wouldn't say strict, but a pretty pushing father that, um, you know, wanted to, knew I had skills and wanted me to get the best out of me. And, you know, that's always been his learning to me is, you know, do your best at everything you can. And um, if you win, you win. If you don't, you don't, as long as you can hold your head up and do your, do your best. And um, yeah, look, I love rugby. I probably still love rugby more to this day. It sounds weird to say that. Um, I probably watch more rugby now than I do football. Um, But it's, uh, yeah, look, I I think, look, everything happens for a reason. And I think if I started earlier, I don't know where I would have been if I 
started later. I don't know where I would have been. Um, it just so happened to sort of not fall in my lap. I did a lot of hard work, but um, it just so happened that, you know, I missed out a couple of times in the draft and um, I was a pretty eager, determined, dedicated young man. And um, I'm pretty proud of myself for that. And yeah, to get finally a chance, you know, then that was the beginning and it all started again. So um, yeah, look, I, when you asked what I would like to have started my football journey earlier, Probably. I'd probably be more skillful and maybe still in the system. That'd be pretty handy. But um, no, nah, look, I'm very grateful for the path that I've led so far. That's for sure. Yeah. You mentioned that you, you missed out on two drafts. So the, the time you did get drafted, you were at preseason training, weren't you? And and I, did somebody yell out, you've been picked up by Geelong as, as a joke and you, and you thought you'd, you'd gone there? <laughs> yeah. Pick um pick 19, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually, uh, was it? Harry Taylor, maybe I think he went. Um, yeah, no, someone. I was in the. Uh, we were doing beach recovery, and um, yeah, someone. I got out of the water, and someone said, "Congratulations, pick 19. I think it was to Geelong, anyway. And um, I sort of started to get pretty chuffed, and then he was like, "No, I'm only joking, mates." And then um, about yeah, I don't know what it is. Half an hour, an hour later, mm-hmm. they get to pick 46 and yell it out. And I told him to. Uh, I probably said some words that I probably wouldn't say on this, mate. Um, and then about. Yeah, 10 minutes later, I had about three missed calls from this number and I was like, who's this? Um, so I answered the fourth time they called and yeah, it was um, Greg Swan, CEO of Carlton, welcomed me to the club and I was sort of, wow, this is actually real. And yeah, two days later, I was on a flight and here I still am in Melbourne to this day. Yeah, incredible, incredible. And you, you were, so you're 20 years old, you were, um, you know, still young, but not not like an 18-year-old. Yeah, mature. You had to yeah. go on the, the other side of Australia. Um, you're walking in, I think it's the same year as Chris Judd uh, comes to Carlton as well. What what was the culture like? And I know you've said that Juddy changed it a bit, but it's a very proud club. You're walking into a new environment. How was it to walk into Carlton? We'll be back after a quick break. Look, mate, it was pretty surreal. I um, I won't lie. I wasn't a massive football fan growing up, obviously being a rugby boy. So I didn't know a hell of a lot about the monstrosity and the hugeness of, uh, you know, Carlton Football Club, how big it was. And when I walked in, I remember meeting Rod Ashman. He was the PDM at the time and, um, you know, didn't know anything about Rod Ashman. And then you soon learn about him and what who he was amongst the club and the history. And then, you know, you walked into the old change rooms and, photos and pictures and we got given this big holy grail bible of Carlton football club and it was pretty surreal when I was pretty big on culture I, I still am to this day and so I really invested and looked up and learnt. and you know the culture was huge the fans you know Ligon Street and that area and all of that was it was massive and um, you just knew that you're at a place now where you know what the expectation's pretty high um, they want to push you and, and 
you should be privileged to be in this place. And I, I took that and, um, you know, obviously Chris sort of probably changed a few of our off-field cultures and just in, introduced new things and a new way. Um, and, you know, boys really took to that and, um, yeah, we started to get going and, you know, Rats obviously coming in new and Justin Cordy as a, you know, the high performance manager back then, you know, things just sort of took a really good shape and I was like, welcome to the club. And um, yeah, we went bang and uh, yeah, it was exciting and, and really, really fun and a, a great 10 years. That's for sure. Mm, your first game around 10, 2008, you played well from a personal perspective. It was, it was brilliant. 23 possessions. You made a mark straight away. You're actually supposed to um, play two weeks earlier though, weren't you? And, and back at home in, in Perth. Yeah, I um I got told one game that uh, look just get through. You'll play next week back home, and I actually went out and tore my adductor and was out for two weeks. Uh, but I think things again, you know, good mate of mine, Davy Ellard, got to debut that week, and I think he was, you know, it was super to watch him play. You know, we grew up, we're both Swan Districts boys, and to see him run out at home, um, a well deserved bloke, and you know, I couldn't be more proud and um, you know, upset that it wasn't me, but you know, it's a good mate that's out there and, you know, pat him on the back and well-deserved too. And yeah, fortunate enough to play my debut against, well, not fortunate enough because Geelong, we came on up against a bit of a flogging. Um, I thought the game was pretty easy. Walked off the ground with 23 touches. And I think I beat it once more for my career. So um, yeah, look, I, I soon uh, realized that this game can eat you up and spit you out if you're not uh, ready to work hard and do put in the effort. Mm. Well, 2009, 10, 11, you make the finals and they're heartbreaking losses. I don't want to, I feel bad for bringing it up. Yeah, thanks, man. That, uh, that 2011 season though, that was the one that when I speak to my Carlton mates and they say that was the year we really felt from the outside that we could go all the way. Was that the belief internally as well? Because I know you had the, the pre, if you won that game, you go prelim against Geelong and you'd beaten them, I think, in the season. So you didn't fear them. Was that the one that still hurts a little bit more? Oh, look, mate, a few hurt. You know, I know against Sydney, I cost us with holding the ball and that, and that one hurts a little bit. You hold on to that for uh, a long, long time. I'm, I'm one of those people. But, yeah, look, we go against West Coast and, um, yeah, we were, what, three points away from playing a prelim, which I think we were pretty confident in. Um, and, um, yeah, it's probably the not the one that got away because things happen, mate, and, look, West Coast deservedly beat us and, and that's the end of the day. But, yeah. Um, yeah, we were thereabouts and always thereabouts. And, you know, we, you know, I look at my first finals campaign of Brisbane, you know, we're up by 30 points and then we let that slip, you know. Um, Sydney had the wood on us both years that we played finals as well. So that was another disappointing thing. But, you know, they were a pretty strong powerhouse then too. So, yeah, you sort of, um, you look back on it when you're retired and you go far out. If only we, I could find 5% more or 3% more or 1% more. And, but, you know, hindsight's a lovely thing. And if we could all do it, it would be a, a different place, mate. But yeah, it's um, few and far between. And, you know, 1995 is a long time ago. And yeah. without, without being rude, mate, I'm sick of living in the past. I'd love to see some, uh, some current day success for that football club. And I would have loved to have been part of it, but yeah. hopefully soon, mate, hopefully soon. Yeah, no doubt. You just mentioned there that it still it still hurts you. I mean, you can't blame yourself for holding the ball. There were so many moments in every game. It's not one moment, but does it actually hurt you still? When you it affects you when you're watching the footy, you're reminded of it often. 
Oh, mate, if I ever speak to Trent Dennis Lane, I'm always flat as a tack. But, um, look, I know it's not my fault and I'm not someone that holds me to, like, to blame. But, yeah, you know, yeah. I am a passionate man and I, you know, I do look at little things and little moments that can change or alter a game and that was one of them, I'm not going to lie. Um, do I hold on to it and not sleep at night? No, not, a, not at all. But do I still sit there and, you know, I, I tease myself just as much as those mate, those others. So look, it's it is what it is, and you know, t- two minutes later, I took the game on again to get us a driving game forward. So you know, that's I live and die by my sword. I wasn't the most skillful player, but I gave it a hundred percent. And sometimes it doesn't come off, and you live and die by that. And sometimes it does, mate. So it is what it is. Yeah, an exciting moment though for Carlton was the 2013 that final against Richmond and that third quarter was unbelievable. What about that experience? Was that I know you had a big uh, final against Essendon. Was the Richmond one a, a, a bigger, a better feeling? I mean, it was a packed house. It was incredible. You finished ninth and then you're, you're playing finals. Yeah, look to sort of get told you're not in a finals campaign and then you are because of uh, a saga that goes on um, around yeah. you. It's it's pretty, yeah you sort of feel like you're right. Oh, free crack and let's go for it. And I remember running out, obviously, you know, the Essendon win was super as well, the final there, but you run out against, you know, I remember their drums. They played these drums on the sidelines in the warm up, And I'm like, this is unbelievable. This, um, the, you know, two big powerhouse clubs going at it, you know, we're the underdogs. It's a home final for Richmond. It's, it's pretty loud and pretty boisterous and some things were getting thrown over the field that you sort of, Oh, okay, I'm, I'm here to play now. And, um, yeah, the way it sort of panned out too was, uh, you know, they sort of got the jump on us and and then any, anyway, I think the judge show stepped up and away we went. And, um, yeah, look, to win that, you know, is is surreal. But, you know, back then you sort of think, was that, did we play our grand final then? And then we went on to deliver what we delivered the next week. So, you know, you look at it and you sort of, again, you look back. But, yeah, look, these are memories I'll never forget those finals, but you know, there's one-off games too and milestone games that I'll never forget that, um, you know, mean the world to me. And if I'm honest, mate, every game I played was something that uh, meant the world to me. So, you know, I wish I just got to 150. I wish um, rats didn't rest me so much when I was young and a few injuries didn't happen, but um, it is what it is. Yeah, one of those those big games that I remember, I don't know where this sits for you, but round 16, 2016, you kicked uh, four uh, th- Three goals from outside 50 in the first term that game. Yeah, Adelaide. Yeah, against yeah. Adelaide. And I think you're the only seventh player since 2000 to achieve that. And you had you had a really bad injury. It hurts me even to mention it, but to, like a few weeks before, and you come back, that's your first game back, and you do that. How is that possible? Yeah, look, mate, I was running around with a box in, like yeah. a cricket box in. So, uh, yeah, look, it was um, – yeah, I don't know. It was just it was just there for me that day. Um, you know, it's probably a game that a lot of people still talk about and remember me for. Um, but yeah, again, mate, I, I I just go out there to do my job and and play the best I can and you know, right spot at the right time. Fortunately, that week and you know, you go out the next week and couldn't get anywhere near it. So it's uh, that's the love of football. But yeah, look, that's a, another you know you know proud moment to sort of come back from the injury that I sustained and and do what I did and you know, play my part for the club and play my part for the team that day. And, you know, like I said, it's, um, yeah, I remember a lot of my games. I don't remember a lot of them either because, you know, obviously uh, you don't, you get caught up in the bubble and sometimes things just pass you by. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bit of a blur. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a few coaches in your time. It was your Rats and Malthouse. Barker was there as well, Brendan Bolton. Who, who would you say had the biggest influence on you? I know they all had an influence, but who? which one had the biggest one on you? Um, probably as most Carlton fans would probably not want to hear this, but I, I think Malthouse. Um, Rats, obviously, early days was super. Um, he... Just gave me a license. He had his had super faith in me and taught me so much. And um, but I think I sort of got to the age where I was still a young fellow with rats. And I sort of once Mick came, I sort of felt like I was not part of the furniture because I was still in and out of the side. But I felt like I could focus on club things as well as just the footy things. And um, as cliche or you know as weird as this sounds, I think Mick's black and whiteness just um, really worked well with me. He told me when you were no good and he told you when you were good and you knew where you stood exactly. And I think that was something that I really thrived on. Um, Others, not so much, but I felt like, um, yeah, I just, I was someone that was there that, Hey mate, tell me when I'm bad, tell me when I'm good and let me either work on it or celebrate it, please. Um, I wasn't someone for, this gray area of I'm working on this. What do I need to do? Coach. It's just like, just tell me I'm old school. I'm, I'm not like these millennials these days. Just, just whack me between the eyes and tell me. Um, and then look again, look, I had a really good patch on the barks too. Cause obviously as an interim coach, he come in and just let this, let us play. And that sort of freed my mind a little bit too. So uh, yeah, I was grateful for that. And then I think under bolts, unfortunately I was probably under the, the banner of we're going down the youth policy and you're closer to 30 than, um, than the young age. And I think I was probably a, a victim of that, if I'm honest, I'm not playing the poor me card, but um, you know, I remember games where I was still playing really, really well in the twos, but wasn't getting a look in, which is, which is fine. Cause you see these players now that have gone on to, to play some great footy. And, you know, that's also great to see as well. What's, what would be next for you, Dennis? Because I know you're a, you're a goal setter and you like your coaching. Um, do you do you have anything set out for yourself to achieve? Um, look, mate. Obviously, playing and coaching at Park Woodridge in the AFNL at the moment um, is something that I've really enjoyed. Um, I'm learning so much about myself and my coaching philosophies and and um, my good and bad things. And being a player and a coach, as as you sort of said in your intro, I was a pretty passionate player, and sometimes I've got to. Uh, take a deep breath as a coach. Cause I can, um, yeah, you've got to be a bit more constructive as a coach. Yeah. Um, I'm currently doing my level three, which is something I'm, I'm really enjoying, um, you know, networking with other coaches, picking their brains and seeing what's out there. And, um, you know, I had a good taste at AFLW landscape with both Carlton as a development coach and then North Melbourne as a senior assistant coach. And, you know, I think I've got some really good, skill sets to fit into that women's football as well. Um, so for me, mate, look, my goals at the moment is just to become a better coach, learn as much, grow as much as I can um, and see where the world takes me. I, I, you know, I always love to get back to the old faithful blue baggers, mate, but I know there's a bigger, bigger world out there. And um, yeah, look, it's just about when the opportunity comes, making sure you jump in all guns blazing, ready to go. Yeah. So AFL coaching is not out of the question then. Yeah, look, I don't know if I'd want to be a senior coach these days with the amount of work and the amount of pressure they're under. Yeah. But um, look, um, I'm someone that I, I think I thrive in in pressure situations. And um, yeah. yeah, look, it's probably an aspiration of mine to, you know, to get to 
I've always had a philosophy in life to push yourself to be at the best level that you can be. And um, now at a coaching perspective, it's it's probably that as well. It's get to the best level you can be. If it is park orchards, it is park orchards. Make sure you do a good job. If it's a higher level, I'll um, take it with both arms, mate, and um, give it all I've got, that's for sure. Yeah, good, mate. I With all my guests, I asked 10 quick questions at the end. Uh, but I wanted to, just before we get to that, because my Blues mates, they want to know what your current thoughts on the, on the crop is. And I know you've spoken about Teague in the past. I think you've said you've liked the way, well, at least last year, he gave the players more freedom to play on instinct and that sort of thing. This season, it seems like they haven't met expectations, at least externally. What's your what's your current thoughts on, on the crop at Carlton? And is there success coming in the near future? future? Look, I think the uh, the list that they've got is a super list. You know, they've gone out and got some great talent, brought in some great young kids. You know, what Walsh is doing is phenomenal. Yeah. I, uh, I sit there and go, I'm in awe of this young kid. Um, I, You know, my T, you know, this whole review, I think, give the man a chance. He's had a COVID year. He's had a year where we're still probably affected by COVID now. And, um, you know, I enjoy the way that he's allowing people to play off instincts. I think that's tied up a little bit now because of um, – the pressures that he's under and I could, I could only imagine. Um, the one thing for me where I think we still battle a little bit is just the role players. I think we've got a team full of blokes that want to be a superstar and I don't think we have the blokes that want to be just the role players anymore. And I think that's something that, um, yeah, we lack a little bit. Um, I love the club and you know, I don't like to take anything negative about it, but you know, you look across the board and besides probably a Jonesy and a, and maybe an Ed Kerno. Um, everyone else is a, a ball wanting, um, you know, and, and probably Levi as well. You know, everyone else is sort of wanting to be the the, the superstar and, and be the match winner necessarily. And I think sometimes that can go against the, the grain too. And I'm not saying that the other players aren't super or what they do isn't important. I'm just more meaning I think sometimes you just need those role players and um, I'd love to see a few more of those come into the club. And I think they're starting to breed those, which is great and exciting. And I think st- some of the older boys are starting to play those roles. Um, you know, weedering stepping up's phenomenal. Like I get excited watching the boys. I, um, I sit there now and go, there's no way. I can't believe I used to play that. It's unbelievably quick. They're unbelievably super freaky athletes, the skill level, the, you know, it's, it's phenomenal. You know, big H when I left, I was thought he'd never get off the injury path you know, park, but here he is now doing great things. And yeah, look, it's, it's exciting. I think we're not far off, you know, it's, it's just about it all connecting. And I think at the moment as a fan, you can probably see it connecting for three quarters and we're losing one quarter. And that's probably the one part that's hurting us. And, you know, I'm, I'm super excited by Teague and the group that he's got um, the clubs in the right spot. It's going right places. And we'll soon find out what this internal review shows mates and uh, what will be, will be, but, yeah, look, I'm once a blue bagger, mate, always a blue bagger. That's it, mate. They'll love to hear that. I love your passion, and that's why they love you as well. Ten quick questions, Dennis. First thing that pops into your head, all right? Oh, good luck. Oh, sorry. Sorry in advance. <laughs> good at this, mate. No Favourite food? Uh, Sunday roast. Nice. Favourite teammate of all time? Oh, far out. This is going to be... Uh, I'll probably say Aaron Joseph. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Your favourite movie? Um, Sandlot Kids. Oh, yeah. Watched that at school. That was good. Yeah. Favourite quote? Um, yeah, quotes is an interesting one. Um, 
Look, I remember from a young kid, and I'll probably go with it. It's probably not my favourite, but it's just something that I've always lived by. Is pain is just weakness leaving the body. So that's um, something that I've always sort of lived by, and probably to my stupidity and my detriment that sometimes <laughs> it's not the right thing to, to live by. But anyway. Uh, good one. Uh, your favourite alcoholic drink? I'm not a massive alcohol man, but I'll just go a Carlton Draft, mate. Off the top. Yep. If you had a time machine and could go back to any sporting event in history, where would you go? Oh, wow, any event. Um, look, I'm a massive 90, uh, 49ers fan in the NFL, and I'd probably go back to the Super Bowls that they won. So, yeah, I'd be heading back there. Yeah, nice. All right. Uh, other than Carlton, if you could be head coach of any team, who would it be? I know you really you said you didn't want to be a head coach, but if you had to be, what team would you pick? Uh, look, I'll go North Melbourne because I guess I grew up as a North Melbourne fan and, and my dad still goes for North Melbourne even though I played oh. for North <laughs> So, um, yeah, that'd be a cool thing to sort of tick off for your, for your family. Yeah, nice. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Um, look, I love Australia. I think um, it's a great place. Probably... If I could take Melbourne and put it on the nice sunny coast, it'd be a great spot. But um, yeah, somewhere with a little bit more sun. So um, yeah, Byron Bay or somewhere up there. Byron Bay is good. What makes you angry? A lot of things. (laughs) Um, Just rude, rude people. People that are stuck in their own world and don't care about those around them. Okay. If you could recruit any current player to Carlton in the AFL, who would it be? Oh, wow. Trying to think now. There's, there's a fair few good players running around. Um, look, I'll, I'll go with who's probably the best footy player at the moment, and that's the big Bond. I think, um, yeah, you know, he'll look good in any sort of side. I think, um, you know, you don't say no to a hard-running, 190-plus centimetre midfielder that can play forward and clunk it as well. So, um, yeah, I think he'd be pretty nice in a blues jumper. Yeah, brilliant. Perfect, mate. The perfect 10. Dennis, I can't thank you enough for coming on, mate. I I truly admire you. As a player, you were superb. You were tough at it, and that's what I loved about you. And off the field, you're doing great things, mate. So I really appreciate your time, and I I hope people got the message out there today. No, thanks for having me, mate. And, um, yeah, appreciate your patience. I know we've been trying to work on this for a while, and uh, I do thank you for that. And, yeah, look, keep going the baggers, hey, and everyone stick fat. We'll uh, we'll turn it around, and, look, we're only – technically one game out of the eight so we're still a chance mate we're still a chance that's it mate perfect all right you have a good one mate you too mate catch ya race is on here and look at the pace of armfield he left bunting flat-footed as he kept it in he has kept it in this might bring the roof down armfield wonderful goal him and the Carlton fans are right behind him. Once, twice, three times. Oh, look at that. Yes! <laughs> He's the master blast.